Welcome to Faith Church Podcast, where we are a safe place to find and follow Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe God will impact your life through today's message. Amen. Come on. How many of you guys are happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? What a good day. Sunday. It's beautiful. One of my favorite days of the week. Man, I just love worshiping Jesus. He is so good to us. Man, I tell you what, there is no better place to be than in God's presence. There is no better place uh, in this world than is recognizing God's presence all around us. Man, I am so excited to be here this morning to worship God with you and to look into God's word uh, today. So, so thankful uh, that you are joined us here today. And uh, I know there's some uh, nice rivalries taking place in this room already. Uh, you can tell that the season has changed by the attire that people wear. Um, and uh, yes, it is, it is that time of the year. And uh, I'm not saying anything else about it because um, I don't want to, you know. So anyways, uh, <laughs> although Rich is standing pretty proud back there right now. I tell you, it's, uh, uh, he's ready for this season. This is moment. But um, anyways, so good to be here today. Uh, we jumped into a new series last week. Uh, called Apples of Gold, and just really talking about the importance of not just uh, hearing God's word, not just um, hearing somebody talk about God's word, but taking the advice, the wisdom of God's word and applying it to our hearts and to our lives. We, we brought this out of Proverbs chapter 25, uh, verse 11, which is timely advice is lovely. It's like golden apples in a silver basket, which, you know, the wisdom, the advice of scripture is, is lovely. It is valuable. It is important. It is, it is precious in so many ways. But again, the key for so much of us today in this world is it's not knowledge. Uh, it's not about understanding or knowing. It's about applying. It's about applying. It's about allowing God's word to uh, infiltrate our heart. It's about allowing God's word to transform our hearts and minds. You know, it's about application in our life. It's about putting one foot in front of the other and walking with Jesus and allowing God to lead us and guide us and mold us and shape us. And so often we, we read through scripture and there's so much incredible advice that is there, so much wisdom in God's word that applies to today, to applies to your lives, to applies to your family, applies to your work situations, your school situations, it applies to who you are, right? And so we're gonna walk through over the season, just picking, cherry picking some, some words of wisdom, some advice. And uh, today, uh, I'm going I'm to share with you, uh, I'm going to start with this understanding, this reality uh, that there are strength in numbers. How many of you guys have ever heard that phrase, that understanding, there's strength in numbers, there's, there's strength in numbers. I, I want you to uh, just understand, first of all, just the church here, uh, if you did not know this, that Faith Church is a part of the Assemblies of God. The Assemblies of God is a fellowship, uh, a worldwide fellowship. Uh, we are not a denomination. Uh, by nature, uh, we are a fellowship. And what does that mean? We are a voluntary cooperative fellowship, which means that we are not top down. Uh, we, are, we are grassroots in nature. So for us uh, as a church, we, we voluntarily cooperate with uh, the bylaws and, and governmental structure of the Assemblies of God. And so we are an Assemblies of God church. 
uh, we were, we, our belief systems, our, our, our understanding is, is we have joined arms. We have linked arms with uh, 280, almost 290 churches across the state of Ohio. We have linked arms with almost 13,000 churches nationwide. Right. And so there's really there's so much power in that. And I'm going to walk through a little bit more. But I want to just share some things with you that you may not uh, know. You may not understand. And hold on. Don't never mind the person behind the curtain. I'm sorry. Uh, I asked for the dry erase board and they are getting it for me. And so this piano is oh, it's hold on. Never mind. Never mind. Don't look at us. Nothing's happening. I feel like the Wizard of Oz right now. <laughs> But, uh, oh, turn around. Okay. They normally don't see the back of my dry erase board. Oh, not, oh, that's so much better. That, one, that side looks better. Fantastic. You guys are great. Thank, that, can we give them a round of applause? That is fantastic. Uh, just so you know, how does that happen? That happens during worship when I go, I'm going to need my dry erase board today. And I send a message to the staff. I'm going to need my dry erase board today. So they went and took care of it. So thank you so much uh, for doing that, for being nimble and ready to being ready. What's the Bible? In season and out of season, right? But we are part of the Assemblies of God. So what you may not know is that the Assemblies of God uh, just in the United States is just, has just under 3 million adherents. So think about this right now. Think about this. That, you know, right now, maybe not right now in this moment because of time zones, you know, and because of those kind of things. But on Sunday morning, if you just took this block of, let's say, a six-hour block uh, on a Sunday morning and maybe some Saturday nights and throughout the weeks as well. But in a weekly uh, circle, we take a moment that almost three million people worship Jesus in an Assemblies of God church across the nation. I mean, that, that's pretty wild to think about that on Sunday morning that we're not alone, that when we stand in this room and worship Jesus, we're not alone. While we may, we may just be together here in this room and there's something about being in this room, but we've got to know that we have brothers and sisters inside our fellowship, almost 3 million strong across the nation, that we are a part of a fellowship that has almost... Uh, just across the nation, we have almost 6,000 missionaries around the world. Just over 5,700 to be exact. 5,700 and some change, right? Think about that. We are part of a fellowship that has 5,700 and I want to say 43 missionaries around the world. Now here at Faith, we support uh, both locally and nationally and globally, we support over 50 missions, missionaries and missions organizations. But we are a part of a fellowship that has just under 6,000 missionaries around the world. You know that Assemblies of God was founded to be the greatest evangelism the world has ever seen, that we are a missional organization by nature. We have together over 5,000, 5,700 missionaries around the world. We, we are a part of something, and, and that is exciting to think that we're not alone in this world, right? Like, we're not, we're not, it's just not faith church kind of trying to figure it out all on our own, that we're not on our own to reach this world, this, this Acts 1-8 understanding of uh, be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. If you think of that geographically, right, the, the, the expanse that is, it's not up to us to, to solve all of that, to be all of that to everybody, but we belong to a fellowship. Three million adherents, 13,000 churches, 
5,700 missionaries. I mean, think about that for a second. How cool is that to know that we are actively participating with 3 million people in America to reach this nation for Jesus? Right? That we are, we are supporting and, 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 and being a part of sending 5,700 missionaries around the world. Now that's, that's pretty incredible. But you know, you just want to blow your mind here for a moment. You know, the Assemblies of God is not just an American fellowship. It is a global fellowship. That we, the Assemblies of God exists around the world. Can, you ready for this? You want to know how many churches the Assemblies of God has in the world? You ready for this one? The AG has over 444,000 churches around the world. Right? Listen, you ready for this one? That the Assemblies of God has over 85 million adherents around the world. If all of the Assemblies of God uh, adherents were in one place, we would be the 19th largest country in the world. Think about that for a second. Man, there are strength in numbers. Like, doesn't that encourage you to think that it's not just us here at Faith, that it, the, the load is not 100% on our shoulders, that it's not up to us to, to do it all, to do all the work, that we are partnering, that we are a part of a movement here, and that's just the Assemblies of God. Right, we are a part of a movement both locally and in, in, in Ohio, regionally, nationally, globally. We are a part of a movement that is making a difference in this world for Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I just kind of go, man, that's awesome, right? Like that's, that's really exciting. That's really cool. And there are strength in numbers, but I, I want to—I don't want to name this uh, tonight, today's this message "Strength in Numbers." I, you know, this this series is about dissecting the wisdom that's captured in the Scripture and applying it to our lives. And so it's—it's it's not just about strength in numbers, but there's some wisdom in Scripture that really identifies this. And what I would call it is the benefit of belonging. There's a benefit to belonging. In fact, even just the Assemblies of God to know that, you know, we, we are partnered with 13,000 churches across the nation and, and allows us to be a part of what God is doing globally, you know, through organizations, you know, it's bigger than this now, but it started as an AG ministry, right? This is very closely tied to the Assemblies of God. And in fact, there was a moment, I don't know if it's still true today, but there was a moment when Speed Delight proudly uh, purchased every vehicle that Convoy of Hope has. So when they respond to disasters, not just across the nation now, but around the world, it was Speed Delight that provided the vehicles uh, for, uh, for that uh, relief for Convoy of Hope. Right? So, and we are a part of a fellowship that is making a difference. So, so it's not just about, about that, it's, but there's a benefit to belonging. You know, the reality of life and where we're at today is across the nation this week, millions, billions of people in some ways will connect with one another. They will gather based on things like geography. They will gather based on common interests and shared passions. They will, there will be gatherings. There are clubs. There are, there are groups of people that gather 
all, every week, all across the nation, there are billions of people in different circles that will gather. That's just the reality of life. There are clubs for everything. It wasn't too long before, uh, too long ago, we were going through some things in our house. We were unpacking a handful of boxes and, and I found a box from my childhood. And you may know this about me, but I am a uh, diehard Star Wars fan. Uh, I did get married on May 4th, so yeah. That's a thing. It wasn't a thing when we got married, but I am proud to say that that's the way it worked out. The force was with me. I'm just saying, you know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, uh, but we were going, I was going through some boxes and I, man, I found my membership cards to my Star Wars membership club. And I was going through those and I'm like, oh my goodness, my handwriting was atrocious. And those of you who know me today, you would say your handwriting is still atrocious. Yes, it is. Uh, so I hand wrote something this week and, and had to scan it in and send it away. And in the email, I'm like, please, uh, uh, please forgive my handwriting. Uh, if you need me to dissect or interpret, please let me know. Uh, but uh, but I, I'm just going through, but there are clubs that will meet. As a kid, I was part of this Star Wars fan club. Oh man, I love going through my old Star Wars toys. Yeah takes you back to the sandbox days, you know? Whew. Okay, we'll stop there. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I, but you, many of you in here belong to clubs, groups. There's connections that you have. There's, there's clubs that you're a part of. People gather. It's, it's, it's what we would say is, the, is part of this, this human discovery. It's who we are. It's the way God created us. God created us in a way to do life together. God created us to live. We are relational beings. We are, we are made to be in relationship and fellowship. We are made to connect. It is even for those who would be introverts, there is an element of your life that you still need to connect, maybe less than others, maybe in smaller circles, but there's still a need to connect. How many introverts out there say amen? Not very many of them because they're not gonna say anything publicly. I mean, come on. Like if I would say how many extroverts say amen, they'd be standing, Jacqueline would be like, you know, Jack would be like, I was waiting for a moment to stand up and scream in church. And the introverts are like, right? But, but anyways, we are made to connect. We are made to relate. It's just the way we're designed. We saw it very early on in scripture in Genesis chapter two, when God says, it is not good for man to be alone. Right? <laughs> That was the right time to amen. For all you husbands out there, follow Daryl's leadership. He said that with gusto, right? I was like, it is not good for man to be alone. He's like, amen. <laughs> and his bride, his queen is on his side. There it is. That's the way to do it. Well done, Daryl. Way to be a leader for us all. Okay. My wife's not even in the room, so. Uh, but anyway, we're made, we're made to connect. People gather People connect. It's just the way we're wired. It's the way God created us. I want to read a, a passage of scripture to you today that I think is incredible wisdom and advice for us in our lives. And it's in Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse nine through 12. And it says this, it says, two people are better than one 
for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked, uh, but can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, today I just thank you for the opportunity to gather in this room and to connect online, to be together emotionally and spiritually, to connect together here in this room. I'm thankful for your presence in our lives. I'm thankful for your presence in this service. And Lord, I pray that you get all the glory and all the honor. The Lord, that everything we do today points directly to you. God, we need you in our lives. Lord, help us to surrender to you. Help us to know you more and help us to find you and follow you in every area of our life. God, we surrender this to you. But Lord, help us to understand the importance of fellowship, the importance of community, the importance of being there for one another. Lord, I pray today that you'll help us to be your church in this area. God, we love you, need you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. There's this understanding in scripture, there's advice for us today that really says very simply, two are better than one. It very simply says to us today that being alone is not good for us, that it is better for us to be together for a lot of reasons. It is better for us to connect. It is better for us to relate. It is better for us to be there for one another, to support one another, to care for one another, to, 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 to basically to have fellowship with one another. Why? Because there are seasons of life. In marriage counseling, when I, when I meet with a lot of young couples before they get married, one of the conversations we have with every young couple is that so often people feel like marriage is 50-50. Right? And those of you who have been married longer than three weeks know that marriage is not 50-50. Marriage is more like 80-20. The only thing that's 50-50 about is which one gives 80 and which one gives 20. Because the reality of life and relationship is there is inevitably going to be a day when you're having a bad day. And it is wonderful when your spouse is able to, able to pick you up in those moments. They're the 80, they give 80% in that day when you may only be giving 20, but in there, they're giving 80 and together you're able to figure it out. And then there's gonna be a day when vice versa, you're having a great day and your spouse is having a bad day, but you can lift that person up. The reality of life is this, is that we are unable to accomplish life alone. We need one another because inevitably the storms of life will come. And just going to church every Sunday does not create this protective bubble around you to where hardships never happen. Boy, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Churches would be full all the time if that was true. 
But it's more about when the hardships come, about being in church is about being able to handle and the hardships, being able to walk through and overcome in the midst of chaos, in the midst of struggle, in the midst of trials, being having community and family is about overcoming in that because we're gonna need each other. I mean, that's the advice of scripture. The advice of scripture is that, that two are better off than one. And we see this very, very clearly in Acts chapter two as we understand the, the early church. This is the, the model, you've heard me say this before, I quote the scripture a lot. This is the model for the early church. This is what, what, what we hear today, faith church, this, what, what we're founded on, the way we do things, the way we operate is really based upon Acts chapter two, verse 42 through 47. Let me read it for you today. Acts chapter two, verse 42 through 47 says this, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. This portion of scripture is the model today for Christian community. Can I encourage you today that God designed us to live in community and biblical community is the community you need to belong. And there are benefits to belonging in a biblical community. There are incredible benefits to belonging inside biblical community. This, this scripture in many ways just creates this blueprint for Christian community, the living. There's, there's these few verses walk through things like fellowship and devotion and make, having an impact in our world around us. I wanna look at three things I'm gonna give you very, very quickly. I'm gonna try to give them to you very, very quickly and then I'm gonna walk through some practical steps for us today. Three things I want you to look at in Acts chapter two, verse 42 through 47 is first of all, you've gotta understand that they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Okay, you can write that down. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. This is in many ways the foundation for this. Why? Because you've heard me say it a million times that God's word is the foundation for our life. The wisdom that we're talking about today is coming from this book, the scripture, God's holy and inspired word. The, the, the foundation, the support that we're using uh, to teach that illustration, that piece of advice, that piece of wisdom also comes from God's word. Why? Because this is the only authoritative document ever written in the world. Now there are some documents that have some authority, but this is universally authoritative. This is the highest ranking document in the world in all time, that this book outranks everything else ever written. And until we have that level of appreciation for God's word, we'll always be struggling with God's wisdom and God's advice. 
So today it's embracing God's word and devoted to the apostles teaching is about devoted to growing. It's about keeping God's word as paramount in our lives. It's about growing and understanding. And as we say it here at Faith, putting one foot in front of the other, taking it one day at a time and saying, God, help me to know you more. Help me to experience more of your presence. Help me to hear your voice more clearly. Help me to see you. Help me to find you in every area of my life. And not just find you, but help me to follow you in every area of my life. Right? It's right here. It's God's word. We've got to have an understanding and appreciation for God's word. And can I tell you that there is benefit to belonging. There's a benefit to understanding. There's a benefit to sacrificing and surrendering to the authoritative nature of God's word. But they were devoted. The apostles teaching in Ephesians chapter four, I love Ephesians chapter four. I would encourage you to uh, write this down. Ephesians chapter four, verses one through 16. I'm not gonna read this whole portion of scripture, but I do wanna pick a couple things out. I encourage you to read the whole thing. It's really, it's really great based on what we're talking about today. But here's, here's what it says in Ephesians chapter four. Binding yourselves together with peace. Now there is something really important about that statement. And it's this. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Remember yesterday when I said I was getting ahead of myself? Or last, yeah, not yesterday, felt like yesterday. Last week, last Sunday, we should have church every day, that'd be awesome. Trust me, I have enough sermons. I won't run out. We should have church every day. But anyways, last Sunday, I was getting ahead of myself. This is some of what I was getting ahead of myself in. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in spirit and binding yourselves together with peace. There is something about making an effort to connect, to relate, to, to, to unite with other believers. It's make every effort to keep yourselves not just one time, not just kind of this random moment where, hey, I connected three months ago, but I haven't, you know, no. Keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. It also says this in, in that portion of scripture as you go a little bit further, it says this. It says, talks about how, it says, and now these gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. It says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Woo, that's a big one. Then, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Get ready, the election cycle's coming. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Listen to this. Growing in every way more and more like Christ who is the head of his body, the church, and he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. 
There is an understanding, there is a principle, there is advice and wisdom baked all through scripture that there is a strength in numbers, there is a benefit to belonging, not just a benefit to you, but you also have a significant role to the benefit of others. Right, devoted to the apostles' uh, teaching is about growing and developing and becoming more and more like Christ. It's about learning and being in church and learning and growing and applying it to your life so that we can become more connected, so that we can serve one another and care for one another and be the church that Jesus desires for us to be. But it takes effort. It takes effort as each part does its own special work. God has given you gifts, abilities, dreams, passions. God has placed them in your heart and they have a place, they have a place in the church to bring benefit. To be what he's saying here is that when each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. You have a place here. You belong here. And your belonging isn't just for your benefit, but it's for the benefit of others. We are in this together. It's like the Assemblies of God nationwide or globally. We are not alone in Sandusky, Ohio. We have partners, 290 churches in Ohio. We have partners, 13,000 churches nationwide. We have partners, 444,000 churches around the world. We have partners. We have 3 million adherents here in the United States. We have partners. We have 85 million adherents around the world. And guess what? We play a part in that. We play a part. We are one of the 444,000 churches around the world. We play a part. Not only do we receive benefit because of that, the resources that are available inside of that understanding, but we also play a part in that. We play a part in supporting a, a portion of 5,700 missionaries around the world spreading the gospel. Right, there is there's this, this understanding devoted to the apostles' teaching is about growing and becoming and learning and developing. The next thing I wanna give you today is engaged in fellowship. Not only were they devoted to the apostles' teaching, the second thing you're gonna write down today is that they are engaged in fellowship. They are engaged in fellowship. The importance of shared sharing time together, time spent in genuine, meaningful relationships. We live in such an individualistic society where as individuals, we seek likes and followers. It takes incredible effort for us to develop authentic Christian fellowship, biblical community, but it's crucial for our lives. It, 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 it's not just about coming together on Sunday, it's about doing life together. They were engaged in fellowship. In fact, there's a, there's a word uh, that is often used and often preached on. It's a Greek term. The Greek term for fellowship that is used in these settings is koinonia. Koinonia is a word that that's, that's understands communion, association, partnership, fellowship, sharing, contribution. There's this, there's this word that captures 
fellowship. Sometimes fellowship is a little, little soft for us today. Fellowship is like, hey, we're in fellowship, hey. Right? And, and fellowship as an English term doesn't quite, quite capture the biblical depth of what's happening here in Acts chapter 2 and other places. But it's the word koinonia, it's about, it's about communion, association, partnership, fellowship, sharing, contribution. It's, it's a depth of meaning. It's, a, it's to say, we're in this together. I've got your back. It's the band of brothers type mentality if you're, a, if you're a war movie fan. It's this understanding that I'm not alone, that there's someone on my left and there's someone on my right and we are in this together. We are doing life together. We are bound together in Christ. Koinonia captures that. It's more than just high fives in a hallway. Koinonia captures that. And in 1 John 1, 3, it says this, as we proclaim to you that what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And the word there is koinonia. And our fellowship, our koinonia is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. There is fellowship, koinonia, with God and with one another. We need each other. I read this one commentator, he said this, this koinonia is the abstract noun denoting, denoting participation, fellowship, and communion. Listen to this, it says, the emphasis lies upon the closeness of the relationship which is two-sided. Involved in this relationship is a readiness to share, a sense of equality among participants, and a unity among the members. Think about that for a second. There's, there's this two-sided, koinonia is two-sided. It's not a one-way thing. It's two-sided. So engaged in fellowship. Let me give you another one real quick. Committed to generosity. We understand this is in Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 44 and 47. We see that they sold their possessions. What it means is they took their resource and used it for the benefit of others who were hurting, who were in need. We do that all the time. This church has been actively devoted to serving this community in many, many ways. In fact, we, we launched a nonprofit uh, it's, that's gaining momentum and continuing to build called City Strong, which is devoted to specifically to doing that. You may remember at our annual business meeting this year, we talked about launching two separate uh, organizations, one of them being City Strong. It is devoted to making that a reality in this community, even more so than it already is. We are committed to generosity. Committed to generosity. So, but here's the understanding, right? So I think up to this point, man, I've probably been speaking now for 30 minutes. Probably 30 minutes. And, and for those of you who have been in church, uh, you know, more than a couple times, you're probably thinking, man, this is, you're preaching to the choir. We get this, right? That's why we're here today. But remember, this series is not about just gaining knowledge, not about amening phrases that, that work inside of a church context, but it's about allowing that to transform our hearts and minds. It's about making application. You know, we, we can talk about koinonia and we're in this together and you have a place and, and boy, those are, those, that preach is pretty easy, 
right? Like it really does. For me to stand up here and say, there is a benefit to you belonging and it's two-sided, right? That, that preach is pretty easy. In fact, I almost went off again on it, right? Like I could feel it. For those of you who speak, you know what I'm talking about. I about, I about got preacher voice on you, right? But, but, the, but the real question here is, how, how do we experience koinonia in our life? Because what I know about the church and what I know very specifically is that we talk about it, but not everyone experiences koinonia inside the church. Not everybody lives the benefit of what koinonia is about. And koinonia is the goal for us. It is Ecclesiastes chapter two. Koinonia, not everyone experiences koinonia. So let me, let me get to the board. Okay, I don't often do this, uh, but today I am for the sake of illustration. So uh, for all the young people in the world, don't take this don't, to mean more than what it already does, but I don't often do this, but here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna draw a circle in the middle and who am I gonna put in the middle? Sure. You are right. Who am I gonna put with Jesus in the middle? <laughs> yep, let's do it. Holy Spirit. Let's put God the Father in there too, okay? Who else is in there with them? Us. <laughs> you. Now, I was planning on putting Jesus in there with us. So in the circle, in the center right now is us. So again, don't take this illustration. The world does not revolve around us, right? Uh, but I'm, I'm going to draw a couple circles like this. I'm going to describe, I'm going to describe for us how we experience koinonia in our lives. I'm going to do this fairly quickly. And I'm going to start from the outside in. So, uh, and we've got a slide for this. Do we have it up there yet? No. Okay. So the, from the outside in, here, here's, here's what happens is we've got, I'm going to write in this out, outer circle, we've got community. Oh, I'm sorry. Got crowd. I got ahead of myself. I'm thinking faster than I'm talking. Crowd. The outer circle is crowd, is a crowd. It is, it is, it is like-minded people. It is geographic. You know, every, every, you know, we, we talk about in society, the public school is the social hub to every community, right? Uh, and what they, the crowd, the crowd is the, you know, is the crowd is the, those who have a, a school in mind. I saw, I saw a Perkins football uh, thing today. I saw a Sandusky football thing today, right? So, so the crowd, the school. I, next, the next circle is community. Right? And the next circle is core. Now let me explain, explain these to you. Because the reality of koinonia is found Right here, right, right here, right here. And we've got to move from the outside in, right? So, so in far as relationship. So we're here, we're trying to, we're trying to get to this spot here. This here is koinonia, right? This here, this is where we want to be right there. That's the spot. So how does this play in our life? How does this play in our life? It, it plays like this. The, the, the way to get to koinonia, the way to experience koinonia is to move deeper and deeper and deeper in our relationships. Okay? 
to move deeper and deeper in our relationships. What happens so often, because again, koinonia is about biblical community. Biblical community, why does this matter? Because here's Jesus, Holy Spirit, God the Father, us. This is about finding and following Jesus. This is about fulfilling the, the call of God in your life. This is about taking the passions, the dreams, all that God has placed inside of you and being everything that Jesus died on the cross for you to be. Making a difference in this world, preparing for eternity, making a difference right now for everyone around us. This is this, is this place of joy and peace. This is a place of fulfillment, the, the abundant life. It's right here. And koinonia is the answer for this. That's the wisdom. The two are better than one. We're in this together. I could, there's so many scriptures that I don't have time for, but this is where it's at. Here's the problem. So often we hang out here. We hang out in the crowd, but yet we want the benefits of this. You can't get this here. The reality of church and the misunderstanding is that Sunday morning is not enough. If you wanna experience all that God has for you, you know, you can have as much of God as you want in your life, right? If you wanna experience all that God has for you, you can't hang out here. It's not enough. It's too vague. It's like, it's like going to Cleveland today, wearing a Browns jersey and walking into a stadium with thousands of other people wearing Browns jerseys and acting like I'm one of the team. Now, that's silly. Right? But that's what it's like. Listen, you, you, you can't hang out in the crowd. Sunday morning is not enough. It's about application of God's word. We've, we've got to go deeper. So the next, so, so the crowd, oh, I'll, I'll break this down in a second. Then community, community gets a little closer. Community gets to a place where I may know your name. If I see you in the hallway, I know your name. Hey, good to see you. Hey, you know, it's like, like, you know, Friday. If you go to a high, it's the people that when you're going to the concession stand, as I always do, it is a part of watching athletics, supporting the schools by eating their food. It is what I do. Don't judge me. In fact, during basketball season, I will probably go to the concession stand more than once during a game. Because there's more games. Got to watch the freshman game. Got to watch the JV game. Got to watch the, you know, right? But it's when you're in line, the concession stand, and there's a bunch of people around you that all have the same jersey, you know, team on their shirt, but you don't know their name. But then you see that one person, you know their name. Hey, what's happening? You know, and you're talking in the concession line. You're having a conversation. You're hanging out. And then you go, then you go buy your popcorn some nachos, a Pepsi. Every once in a while when they got Chick-fil-A sandwiches, mm mm-hmm. Forgive me, I just got distracted. (laughs) But it's that, but after you buy your stuff, you go back to your seat. And that may be the last time you talk to this person. Now you're in community, but that's not koinonia. Right? It's not koinonia. Your core, let me stick with this illustration, right? I'm gonna stick with this illustration. 
Your core is the people you go back and sit with. The core are the people you're like, hey, I'm heading to concession stand. Who wants something? You sure? Mandy gave me extra money tonight. Right? Your core are the people you do life with. Your core is your squad. Your core is, you know, uh, I'm heading to a game on Friday night. Who wants to go with me? That's your core. Your core are the people that know you, that not know your name, but they know you. It's the people that know your struggles. It's the people that when you're going through something are there to help pick you up. It's koinonia. Your core is koinonia, that when you're having a rough day, it's people that are there that will sacrifice of their own gifts, sacrifice of their own time, sacrifice of their own resources to help you in a season of need. Your core, it's your squad. It's, it's this. So, so how do we play this out in church? And I'm going to have the, the um, worship team come on up. How do, we, how do we play this out in church? Here's how it plays out in church. The crowd. If you want to get here and you're not here, can I tell you, here's the process. And can I also tell you, you can't skip steps. You can't skip steps. Don't skip steps. Because if you try and skip steps, what happens is inevitably you might find somebody who's not your core, not your squad, not your team. You know what I'm saying? And then what do you do? You sever relationships and people get hurt. So don't skip steps. This is an organic process. So if you're looking for koinonia, what you have to do is identify where you're at in this, lot, in this chart. Am I part of the crowd? Do I have a community? Okay, now let me walk you through this. What is the, what is the crowd? So here at the church, we, we intentionally build environments for you to, to connect. Why? Because again, Acts chapter two, this is the model for the early church. This is biblical community. So the, the way we structure this church is a way to help you get to what Acts chapter two is talking about. What Acts, or what first John chapter three is talking about. What Ephesians is talking about. So many, this is what, here's how we do it. So the crowd is what? Welcome to the crowd, y'all. Sunday morning, this is that crowd, that's the crowd. Sunday morning is the crowd. This is the crowd. You know, it's things like, we, we got, we've, got a bunch, we've got a bunch of things. Yeah, here we go, I'm on the board. New to faith events, faith community events, the things that we do, I mean, just the stuff, there's stuff we do, we'll do a marriage night, right? And, and couples will come in, welcome to the crowd. Those are crowd type environments. You know what's important in crowd type of environments? If you wanna get this way, is you have to engage. You have, you have to engage. I'm sorry, and I love you, and I want this for everybody, but I'm responsible to tell you the truth. I love, I love you, but you can't come into a church and sit in a corner and never talk to anybody, and three weeks later, leave mad because nobody reached out to you. Now, trust me, we have people, we work hard to connect with everybody. Trust me, we try, we try, we try. But inevitably, we're human too. And there's a chance that somebody could come three weeks in a row and not have anybody say hi to them. Now, I doubt it, but I'm just gonna, there's a chance. Well, don't get mad at us. We have created all the opportunities for you to get here, but you have to engage. You have to engage. In fact, oh goodness, am I gonna say this? I'm gonna say this. Oh, 
if you're watching online, at some point, you gotta step in the building. I love you. Which camera's on? I'm gonna go with that one. I love you, but you gotta step in the building because relationship is proximity. Relationship is tangible. The crowd. How do, you, how do you get to community? Community, if you're in the crowd right now and you, you're heading towards Koinonia, what's the community? It's, here's the community for us. It's join a group. Wednesday nights, we've got groups, we've got Bible studies. Pastor Heiser, it's always got a Bible study. I don't know if he knows this, but he'll have a Bible study back there in that room as long as he wants it. I almost said something else. Mandy be mad at me if I said the wrong thing. There's opportunities. There are, there are groups that you can join. Come to Sunday school. You know, we have church at 1030. That's pretty late, to be honest with you. I mean, I like to sleep in. That's why, you know, got family. Oh, I got kids. Appreciate 1030. I get it. I get it. But come to Sunday school or, or this. Join a serve team. Join a team. Here's why. I walked into church and there's a, there's a team of people. Lydia's leading her first impressions team back there. They're sitting in a circle, they're talking. They know each other, their community, they serve together. They pray, Lydia's like, hey, let's pray. I'm trying to get out of there so she, not to disrupt her meeting, right? But that's, that's community, right? That's community. If you're in the crowd and you would take a step. In fact, our cards are called next steps. Take a step, join a group. Join a team. And, and here's, here's how it goes. When you, when you find like-minded believers, whether you're on a team or in a group, what happens is organically your crowd will form. Oh, I'm sorry, your core will form. What will happen is you'll connect with somebody and that one person, you're just like, man, here's what happens. After class on Wednesday night, you find yourself talking to that person after class. You find yourself sitting by that person every week, whether it's a couple's, you find yourself connecting. Then, then what happens is you come to church and you see each other in the hallway and it's not a high five anymore. It's a, hey, how you doing? Oh man, you start sharing stories. And then what happens is you start getting personal, right? And then what happens is you're like, hey, let's, let's hang, let's, let's go out to eat. I like surfing turf too. Come on, just, yeah, just letting you know. Thanks, Jer. That's right, putting you on notice. Steak and lobster, always a win. I will not say no. <laughs> but, but you see what I'm like, and then what happens is, and then your core forms. Your core forms. And listen, the opportunities are here for you. Thanks, Mel. I didn't want to block you. <laughs> your core forms. And what happens is you begin to embrace and engage in biblical community. And what happens is the benefits to belonging begin to unfold in your life and you begin to see it. Why? Because you're no longer alone. And when you're struggling, you have a phone number that you can text or call. And it's not random. It's not a random Facebook post, but it's a specific request with somebody who loves you, someone who cares for you, someone who will sacrifice for you. And what happens now is koinonia begins to shape and take form. And, and some of those koinonia groups, those, those, the core of, the, of your life, some of them show up in our systems and some of them don't. It's, I'm gonna talk about the widows group again real quick because I love it. 
I love hearing the stories. You know, Gail Ann Reedy a while back ago came to me after one of my messages. And she said, the Lord put something on my heart and I don't know what to do about it. And she had, a, had a, just a passion for those who've lost their spouse. And so I'm like, hey, let's, let's figure it out. Let's do some stuff. So we, we brought Kathy Sharpen. And next thing you know, we're doing some events. And they, they got the funnest events. I'm like, I try to show up and they kick me out. They're like, you don't belong here. And they're right. But they're fantastic. But what you got is these community events. And here's what happens. Here's, here's what I hear from them is that inside that group of people, as they, they're doing stuff all the time. They're going on sunset cruises. They're going to watch. And then now what happens is inside that group, I heard there were a group of ladies that went on vacation together. I'm like, that. you know what that is right there? Koinonia. And you know what the steps to that were? Being in the crowd, joining a community, a group, and then letting the Lord connect you with people. But everybody needs that. There is not a person in this room or watching online, there's not a person that lives on the same street that you live on. There's not a person that goes to the same school you go to. There's not a person that works in the same place that you work at that doesn't need that. Everybody needs biblical community. Everybody needs Koinonia, it's the way we're made. And you can get it here at Faith. In fact, we're very intentional about it. But what's the, what's the advice? Two are better than one. Because if one falls down, there's someone there to pick them up. And if you find, like, if you feel like you're alone in the midst of struggle, there's your process. But you got to take the steps. You got to do it. You got to do it. You know, I want to encourage you today as we stand and I close here, spend a couple minutes here. Today, there's going to be a few people up here for prayer. If you're here today and, and uh, you're like, I need, I need that in my life. I need that in my life. I want you to come forward. Whether you go to somebody to let them pray for you, whether you kneel at the, at the altar and just spend some time with the Lord, I want you to take a step. I want you to take a next steps card out of the pew back and fill it out and write whatever you need to write on there to give us the message. We, you, but you gotta take a step. Take a step, take a step. Why? Because we need it. Take a step because two are better than one. And we're in this together. But Sunday morning's not enough. And at the end of the day, what brings us together is this understanding, this reality that we're, we're all anchored by this, this same thing. And it's the answer to Jesus's question, which, which is when Jesus says, who do you say that I am? That in this room, we're, we're anchored by this understanding that we here have committed to say that Jesus is our savior. He is our Lord. He is our healer. He is our peace. He is our joy. And that is the, the first step in koinonia. It's an important step in obtaining koinonia to, to having this, this fellowship in what 1 John chapter 3 says. This fellowship, this koinonia is about surrendering our heart to Jesus. And if you're here today and you, 
you want the benefits of belonging. One of the most important things to do is to take a step of faith and to say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Jesus, I need you in my life. I can't do it alone. I need you to forgive me of my wrongs, to help me in my struggles. Jesus, I need you in my life. That's you today. I encourage you to take a step. I'm gonna pray for you and then the worship team's gonna play a song and then I'm gonna come up and close. But in this time, as we sing, as we worship, I encourage you to process this message because there's a benefit to belonging in biblical community. And everyone really needs it. So we're wired for it. So I beg you, I plead with you, take a step. If you're in the crowd, take a step toward community. If you're in a community, take a step towards, keep, keep your eyes open, keep, take, a, take a step towards the core. Engage, connect, share. Oh, there's benefits to belonging. You better believe it, because Ecclesiastes teaches us. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Thank you for the way you made us, that you created us in a way that we are there for one another. We need one another. God, I pray that you'll help us to continue to connect, to go deeper in our relationships, to, to continue to move towards koinonia, this understanding of devotion and care, belonging and sacrifice and relationship and fellowship. God, bring us closer as a church. God, we love you and we need you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. If you need Thank you for joining us today. We hope that God spoke to you through today's message. If you want to know more about Faith Church, text CONNECT to 419-664-4555. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends.